Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi guys, my name is Dave Coldwell and you're listening to TTM Sports Show. Hello there and welcome to TTM Boxing Monthly. I'm David Hancock and as usual I'm joined by my partner in crime, James Harrison. Hello, how are you? Right? Yeah, very well, thank you and very today much. Today we are joined by a former boxer, a now trainer and obviously Sky Sports pundit, Mr David Coldwell. Hello, Dave. How are you doing, guys? You all right? Yeah, we're doing good, great. Thanks. Very good. The family all right? Yeah, good. Really good, thanks. Um, got After this podcast, I've got to take my son to, uh, to football. He's one of his many days in the week where it's all football training. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. Family's healthy, happy, and um, kids are looking forward to Christmas. Yeah, so yeah it's, all, it's, all uh, good. it's the expensive time of year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. does it get worse when they get older or not uh well this year so it was because um my daughter's turned 17 and she's learning how to drive so um with a part of the deal was that um if she smashed her exams at school then i would i would get her a car so she smashed her exams so i had to i had to get her a car and obviously fund her driving lessons so uh that's an expensive one before Christmas, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then they'll want something. In the old days, it used to be you got the car, and then you'd want the the CD player for the car. And now it's obviously <laughs> no, all right, all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just that I know what's coming. It'll be dad. Can you can you put some petrol in the car, please? Because I can't afford my petrol. So oh, we've uh, 
we've all been down that road. I remember my dad got me a, a little, a little, uh, a little banger, and uh, he, without him knowing, I went to Halfords and got a pay monthly thing. When I got the rims, I got the speakers, I got uh, the, the tinted windows with little plastic things, and uh, yeah, I finished <laughs> finished paying that off about a decade ago. So yeah. <laughs> um. So basically, we're gonna go over um a little bit of your history going into boxing and then obviously near the end we're going to talk a little bit because it's a very busy week for you. you've had a, a yeah. last weekend was busy and the next couple of weeks are i can only imagine as pure chaos yeah um so obviously you've talked a lot about your your family background i don't want to go into that mm. too much obviously you've talked about it on many podcasts yeah um when you were obviously boxing pro at ingles gym uh did you feel did you feel then, obviously, this become a, a real big thing now, the Ingalls gym? There's this whole mystique about it that, obviously, so many fighters came from there. Did you feel at the time that you were being becoming part of some sort of history-making thing, if that makes sense? Um, I've got to say that I, looking back on it now, and even when I was there, you knew it was special, but looking back on it now, um, with an older head on... Um, you kind of, you do look back and think, wow, that was an unbelievable time. Um, but even being in amongst it, um, there was, when I first went there, there was Bomber Graham, there was Johnny Nelson coming through. Uh, I think he'd won his first British title and this was before he won the second one. Um, so there was Bomber, Johnny, there was uh, Brian Anderson, who was British champion. There was Slugger O'Toole, Paul Silky Jones. Then there was young Naz turning pro. There was uh, Ryan Rhodes as a young kid. Mm-hmm. And it was just this. And then there was, I was talking about this in the gym the other day. Because um, an old, uh, and I, the first face I ever saw when I walked into the gym was a guy called Paul Stinger Mason. And he was, people these days would call him journeyman, but he wasn't a journeyman back then. You would win some, lose some, but you always went to try and win. There was none of this, just try and get through it. They would always try and win. Um, and Paul was a hard, tough journey for a lot of the good super middleweights at the time. Uh, and he popped into the gym. Uh, first time I've seen him for, for a decade. Um, and there were fighters, like the gym was full of fighters like that, Wayne Windles, people like that, that, that would win some, lose some, but had good names in the sport because they always gave the prospects and, and uh, tough fights, Nigel Bradley. Nigel Bradley went on a run where he he was he was beating unbeaten fighters. Chris Saunders, I remember, he was uh, I think he was eleven and sixteen, and then went on a run where he won his next six fights, ended up becoming British champion. So the gym was was stacked full of in depth of different level fighters, but special but special characters, great atmospheres. You know, it was it was it was phenomenal. I was there for ten years and to watch the progression and then the next wave of fighters come through there, then it became like your John Paxons, your Pelly Reeds, uh, Neville Browns, people like that. It was just consistently wave after wave. And the one man that stayed all the way through was Johnny Nelson. And to see Johnny from, from being like a young, skinny cruiserweight, um, at, I think 22 where he won the British title, and then coming back and winning the British title again, then going on to win the European and then fighting and winning the world title to finish, I think, five, six years unbeaten as world champion. Unbelievable. The, the, the gym was just absolutely flying, full of characters, full of full of, uh, you, full of experience. You, you've talked a lot um, on previous interviews that 
when you were growing up, you suffered like a lot of racism. Yeah. Um, was the gym the one place where that completely disappeared? Because obviously yeah, but... there was a very mixed background there. Uh, yeah. The, obviously the two, the, one of the big stars, obviously Prince, was um, not your standard like white boy, as it were. Yeah. Did, yeah. So did you feel that that sort of broke it? Broke the barriers, if that makes sense. Did, obviously, yeah. obviously, didn't really give a crap. I'm guessing from it. No, what he what he did is he he was completely unorthodox. I mean, the first first day that, that I walked into the gym, he starts literally, basically, he's the calling your names that I'd get called on the street and they were upsetting me. And it's basically it's it's conditioning your mind to mm. to so you don't react because what he was always big on, and it's something that I've always kept in my mind. Yeah you know, moving forward and it's how I've lived my life is, you know, the, 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 there are so, we used to do these exhibitions uh, at Doncaster Lindholm prison and there used to be a lot of ex-boxers that were in prison. Um, in fact, a good friend of mine who was in the top 10 and then, you know, and something happened and he ended up going, going to jail. And this something that happened was something that Brendan always just guard us against. You're out on a night out, somebody's, had a few drinks and somebody says something to you, tries to wind you up, causes grief, and you react to it. And the next minute, it turns from being verbal into physical. You chin them, they hit their head on the floor, manslaughter or just assault. And because you're the boxer, you're the one that goes to jail and your career's down the the pan. Even if, you know, this friend of mine, he, he went to jail for about 18 months, I think it was, he got his sentence. But the time out of out of his career cost him because he was on a road towards fighting a, a British title. Mm. So Brendan always used to guard us about that. And the way that he helped us with that was condition his mind. So name calling and things like that in the gym would mean that whenever somebody said something in the street, going through one ear out out of the other, you weren't you weren't fussed. Because yeah. you was conditioned to, to handle it, and you know it depend. It didn't matter what race you were, what color you were, you know what religion you were. Would all be you know they'd all be winding each other up, and and so it you knew that it was it was nothing out. Of, it wasn't like a shock, and oh how dare you say that to me, and then you react to it. I've got to ask because I read the book. Did were you there when this whole book came out that apparently yeah. caused that? Did you did you read you have you read the book? Bad passages years ago. Because I, but... I read the book and I didn't really see much in it for there to be much upheaval. It seemed quite a non biased. I don't. I felt it didn't make Prince seem that bad. And then obviously it kicked off. I mean, I only know about this book obviously because it came up on my feed about this um, Prince I seen doing this interview on Sky Sports. But did did that? destroy anything in the gym or did it did it just sort of disappear because obviously i know the relationship broke down yeah it was it was it was, going, it, waffle. it was going downhill for, for a long time um naz just basically stopped you know stopped listening stopped doing what what made him so great um Listen, there was there was two sides to Naz. One side he was great and he was you know he was he was he was, he was a diamond or a kid. But the other side was it talks people like shit. And mm-hmm. Brendan would be one of them. And we'd be in the gym sometimes and you'd, you'd hear how he'd speak and it's like, oh, and then oh, he'd, or how he'd speak to other people. But then he could be such the most nicest person in the world, proper, proper nice kid. But 
what you get tend to get with with people that are for one or a different word is superstars is that there is something in the character that makes them that that makes them different to everybody else yeah sometimes they have this little flaw in the character where maybe they can be a little bit obnoxious a little bit arrogant maybe but that's part of their mental makeup that's allowed them to get to where they are so you got to understand that as well but um you know yeah the, the the book i think was just a reflection of what was what you know what thought process were at that time and what was going on but it, it was going wrong long before long before this split mm. I mean, you, you talk about uh, Prince Nassim Hamid as a very, very young boy when I was growing up. Uh, my dad, massive boxing fan, he sat me down and we used to watch it. It was Nigel Baird and Chris Eubank. It was that yeah. sort of era. And he yeah. goes, you need, you need to watch this guy. And uh, for me, I was just mesmerised, absolutely yeah. mesmerised by him. Now, they all say that geniuses are flawed in a football world. You yeah. can look at someone yeah. like Zinedine Zidane as a perfect example with his headbutt on Marco Materazzi in the World Cup final. Do you believe... If for that final fight, we all know the fight that he lost. If he had England in his corner, do you think it would have been a different result? It's not just a case about being in his corner. It's a case about listening. In the this is what I'm saying is when people mm. talk about saying, "Oh, he shouldn't have left Brendan," things like that, he wasn't listening to Brendan at that point. The the when when you come to a point where where you are no longer listening to the people that helped get you there and helped create you. If you're no longer listening, then that that's broken. If you can't bring yourself back, and if you haven't got the mentality to bring yourself back and, and, and understand it's going wrong, I'm slipping, my performances aren't as good or, or whatever, and you're looking at it thinking, well, I'm not doing what I, I used to do. If you can't take yourself back, then really you do have to try and find something that you are going to listen to. Now, the problem is if you find that person and they're, not the right fit for you, then you're stuffed. And you've got to understand that Naz's Naz's style, his his whole persona, everything about him was very, very unique. And so to to be able to handle that, be able to to get the best out of that sort of style with the flaws, with the mistakes, but to be able to disguise them or or or, or what have you, it, you need to understand that style. And and I, the problem is is that he just as soon as he cracked it, which is which is quite, you've got to understand where he's come from. And this is what happens with a lot of people. People talk about footballers these days. A lot of people come from a background where they have nothing, you know, and then they work so hard to get to a point where they have everything. When they have everything, it's only natural for the mind to sometimes just relax, the drive to sometimes not quite be there and it only has to be small percentages when you're dealing at, at top level sport. The small percentages can can be a massive, massive factor because the guys that you're coming up against, yeah, haven't got what you've got. They've still got that same drive, that same determination, and they're willing to do more than what you are doing. So therefore they can they can catch you up and pass you out. You know, mentality and dedication, it's such a such a um, it's a fine line. Small percentages make a massive difference at the top. We can all get away with it when we're at a lower level. Yeah. And you're not you're not in against that caliber opponent. You're not in against that caliber of, of mentality. You know, we've seen so many times in, in in boxing where you see a guy and 
you don't think technically he's as good he's good enough to beat the other guy, but he has that desire, that that mental toughness, and he's willing to do whatever it takes. If you're not willing to do whatever it takes, once you get to a certain point, it's only a matter of time before the, somebody else catches you up. Yeah, it's the silk pyjamas analogy, isn't it? Yeah. Do you yeah, think now boxing's changed in the fact that in the in the older days people liked the shit talk and now and obviously the big lavish stuff whereas now I feel like now people people like the person who's come from nothing the people who the person who stays grounded and I think that's probably one of the I mean obviously when Tony called out David Hay David Hay was a bit of an extravagant he was well known for his Instagram stuff obviously yeah. Tony was a guy who all he really cared about was is his wife and having a nice house and paying for the wedding and do you feel that that now sells more people like someone who's um, grounded i think it's a blend it's a mix because there are always people that are gonna that, that like the flash brash sort of personalities because they're engaging you know but then mm. also in in you know in in the I, I, I just think it's authenticity i just think people have got to be themselves if you are naturally flash and you're gonna you're gonna like want to talk shit and you're gonna want to be that kind of personality because that is you then it comes across as as genuine and even people don't usually like that kind of personality they might warm to it because it comes across as genuine that's just how they are and as long as you're backing up it's all right but then in the climate that we're in right now is where a lot of people are struggling a lot of people have got a lot of problems behind closed doors and whereas they may not speak about it if they see that somebody that they're watching their TV screen or something that they're listening to is kind of is kind of going through the same sort of things or have been through the same sort of things, they kind of think, I can identify with that. And that helps them get through their own their own shit, mm, for a yeah. better word. Um, um, so there are, you know, there's a, there's a catchment for both kinds of, of, of styles of, self-promotion or, or, or personalities, you know, be it the brash or be it the, the more reserved and, and more humble sort of people. So, yeah, I think it, I think there's enough enough space for, for both, to be honest. I feel like in boxing, you need some... I feel like now the boxing likes a hero and they love a villain. And the villain's yeah. always the guy who spends loads of money, is big and extravagant. Like, we'll bring it up, because I know James is itching to bring it up, but Amir Khan versus Cal Brook. It feels like Amir Khan is already slowly that they're, they're trying to push him as the villain. He's, he's trying to be pushed as the villain. I'm I'm all about Cal Brook. I'm telling you, I'm telling you now. People were writing him off, saying he looks chunky, he looks this, he looks that, ridiculous. I'm telling you, I, he's going to catch him. He will catch him. He will catch him. Well, excuse, excuse my dog. Um, That's all good. I think, he, I think he wants to get in on conversation <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> No, um, Khan's always had that kind of undercurrent where people haven't liked him. Um, but he's also, at times, he's not helped himself with things that he's said, the thing, you know, that, and, and how he's, you know, things that he's done. But in this whole Kel Brook, Amir Khan thing, it's gone on that long. Yeah. And, and I remember Khan used to say, you know, Kel needs to do this first and I'll... And then Keller do that. Keller needs to beat him, and then he do that. Keller needs, needs to become a world champion, and then he do that. But the fight always never, you know, never seemed to happen. 
Um, if you're not involved in negotiations and you're not involved in the talks and all that sort of stuff, it's very difficult to point finger at properly. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, both both are big characters. Both have, have been involved in things where people have gone, oh, what, what are you doing? And both have done things where you go, wow, that was brilliant. You know, Khan never gets the credit that he deserves as a fighter. Whether you like his personality or not, he's, he, he's always showed plenty of balls. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's been a great fighter. He's, he's, you know, obviously what he did in the Olympics as a youngster, but then becoming world champion and, and taking the fights he has done since. And, you know, whether he's won or, won or lost, he's always gone in there and, and been willing to, to roll the dice. Um, Kel's career, I feel Kel's potential has never really been realized. Um, mm. uh, and there's been gaps in his, in his career and there's been, you know, things uh, that, that are sometimes not his fault, sometimes his fault. You know, it's just how, mm. how things are. The two eye injuries have completely like wrecked his later career. Um, but again, he doesn't get the credit of, you know, he, all right, he, he didn't win the fights, but Errol Spence and Golovkin, they were massive, massive fights. You know, stepping up and fighting Golovkin was, so, was nuts. And the fight that he gave Golovkin at the time was the unbelievable. Uh, you know, oh, it was unbelievable. I remember. But, you know, it, it's, it's um, the, the two fighters that, that both sets of fans are never going to give the other one credit. And sometimes you have to take away your, your your personal feelings towards people and just give credit where it's due for what they've achieved in their own individualities. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, you know, my feeling on this fight is that obviously, like everybody else, it's way too late, but better late than never. Yeah. And we get to see something. And one thing you have to remember is whoever wins when they fight doesn't mean that they would have won when they were both at the peaks. We will never know who would have won at the peak mm-hmm. because this fight will not tell us that. This fight will tell us who's got what left and who wins on at this stage of the careers, you know? Who do you... I mean, you could be working Sky Sports that night, I don't know. But who, I don't, I don't know. who do you think... Who do you think wins it? Or do you have any... I, I, I genuinely... Because both of them aren't the same fighters. That You know... The, it's like Kel with Kel's been out of the ring for so long. Mm. How has he been living his lifestyle? Because I know how he lived his lifestyle during his career when he was active. So how's he been living? What damage has that put onto his career? Will he will he be able to take a shot? Because if he can't take a shot anymore, then it doesn't matter that Khan's not a massive puncher. Khan used to be lightning fast. Is he as fast now? He doesn't look as fast now in his, in his mm. recent fights. You know, mm. he, is is Khan less fragile than what he was? There's so many things in this. This is why I'm saying the fight now isn't isn't any comparison to what it would have been. Mm. It's about who's got what left and, and what can they do on that. And also the weight, 149, for Kel to make that weight, it's going to kill Kel. What's that yep. going to do to him? You know, that's going to kill him. So that's, you know, Kel's at a more of a, a disadvantage on, on that respect. But um, I just don't know because... If Kel clips Khan, he'll knock Khan out. You know, he, he, he can, but I wouldn't rule out because of the stage that Kel's career is at now. I wouldn't rule out 
can't be able to do that to Kel. You know, you just you just don't know because you don't if if the if if you're a shell of a fighter, your resistance isn't there anymore. So mm. we don't know where Kel is now. So it's very it's an intriguing fight. And this is when people turn around and say, Oh, it won't do his numbers, oh and this is this. Listen, let's be real. Everybody loves a grudge match. Everybody mm. loves and this is genuine. And people, you know, I've I've heard people say, Oh, yeah, but is it have you have you not seen these two kids for the last 10 years, whatever it is? They, you know, they've always hated each other. And not only that, it's the fans of each other have always had bad things to say about the other one. Always. And so there is so much riding on this and there is going to be so much like intensity coming up fight week, last two weeks. I'm telling you it's going to sell. I'm telling people. I've oh, always well. said when, when people have been saying to me, asking me about the fight and I, and I got to a point where I'm not, I'm not interested. Don't talk to me about it. If the fight gets signed and it's announced, I'll be excited and I'll, I'll, I'll watch it 100%. And that's what will happen. People say, no, I'm not watching it. Oh, it's a waste, a waste of time. It's too late. But when it comes down to that last week, fight week, I'm telling you, you're watching it. Well, I got, you know, I, I subscribed to the Boxer newsletter and ticket allocation. And I got an email back two days ago from them, from Ticketmaster. Uh, tickets go on sale Friday at midday, and I was part of the uh, pre-sale list. Over 100,000 people have signed up for that, and that's at the uh, the old MEN arena. So that would sell over two or three times over. So you're absolutely right. It will sell, and we all will watch it as well, because yeah. I mean, Khan... I followed this guy since uh, since that Breda's press con knockout where he went yeah. over. He got robbed against Lamont Peterson um, and where he beat Zab Judah, Maidana. I mean, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful fighter. And again with Cal Brook. And I think it's good for Britain. I think it's absolutely, it's massive that we can still bring these big time boxing shows and we're only getting stronger. David, move us on. Where are we going next? Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I think the, the people say it's an old fight. But I just think it, it just, it, I was smiling when you were talking, it just gets me so excited because the hatred, and I know it, it, you shouldn't wish it, but they hate each other. And so yeah. like teasing the the face-to-face, the gloves are off. And you just know it's going to be such, it's such a big fight for Sky at the moment. Obviously, they're trying to get their schedules together. And it is a, and, well, it's just brilliant. It's a great fight. Um, right. Uh, so we'll talk about the next few weeks you've got ahead. Jordan Gill this Saturday. How's he? How's he feeling? How's he doing? Good. Ready? Yeah, very good. He's 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 a brilliant talent. He yeah. He, I'm so proud of how he's developed over the last couple of years. He's had a lot of bad luck, um, injuries and illness. Uh, he had a bad thyroid issue um, probably about a year ago, eighteen months ago now. Um, and then obviously with lockdowns and and things like that, things got put back. And um, but he's worked consistently in the gym. He's, he's, he's just worked away, worked away, improving as an all-round fighter. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's ready now. He's, he's, he's looking forward to well, the fight. Yeah, the Euro- so the European champion uh, got ill, uh, pulled out, and he's, been, he's only been put back a few weeks. So we're fighting him in January. So this is an eight-rounder uh, against an Argentinian. Um, who It'll be a good, because Jordan's not fought since February. So it'll be good to to go in there and 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 get the eight rounds under his belt or or whatever it is. He's a tough Argentinian, um, rangy, uh, quite long arms. Because I, I didn't want to go from preparing for Guerfe, who's who's rangy and 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 quite long arms, to go into fighting a short squat sort of guy. So we've got somebody that you know at least we've got the same similar sort of problems. Um, so I'm going to use this fight as part of the preparation 
for the growth in fire. But obviously, it's it's serious. You have to, you know, you can't have any slip ups in this fire. And um, you obviously, uh, next week, you've got another big week. You've I've got, got obviously, week next week. You, you've got Leron, uh, Lee, Leron Richards. Leron. He's making his uh, his own debut, isn't it? Um, yeah, it will be. Yeah, I think that's yeah. in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, how's he, how do you think that's going to go? Do you know what? It's a massive fight, this, because um, it's for the ideal world title, but I've said to Leron, I ain't calling you a world champion if you win that. It's, don't you know? Forget that. It's the fight itself. Yeah. In 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 Carlos Gongora, he's fighting the top five super middleweight. He's fighting one of the best out there. So he beats Gongora. He can call out people like Caleb Plant. He can call out those mm-hmm. sort of guys. This really puts him up there. In fifteen fights, he's won British Commonwealth European Championships. Now he's he's you know he's stepping at the top level um, of, of you know, in world class. Um, so it's a huge fight from a huge opportunity, and he, he picks up the IBO world title. Um, but Lerone's an unbelievable talent. What he's been doing is just gelling, coming together over the last since his last fight. He's just grown as a fighter, and he the things that he does in that gym, you just look. I'm telling you, the kid's special. It really is. And and if he performs like he's been performing in the gym, then the world's going to see what I get to see and, and what I know he's capable of. He he's special. I love you know, uh, and... I love your passion you've got. Yeah, I'm I'm sat here now thinking, Christ, I can't wait to tune in and watch it now after uh, after listening you know, to that. You know yeah. I, the, the thing is, how why I'm so proud of him is that when he first comes to me, the first two camps really until the last two weeks of the uh, uh, last camp, it was hard work getting him to do what I need him to do because he, he's very, very naturally is, he, he would be a kind of guy where he'll just do enough, just do enough. And he was quite lazy, quite, quite lazy with his legs. Um, but now his work rate is, is everything is fantastic. And his just skills are just phenomenal. He, he is, he is that good. I'm really excited about him. I just, it's a very, very dangerous fight. Gongoro can really punch tall ranger you know, um, exciting sort of fighter will come to try and knock Lerone out. Um, Lerone, as we know, you know, as his record says, he's not the world's biggest puncher, but it's hard enough. You'd be surprised mm. how hard he punches. Um, so this is going to be a really, really good fight. Um, and if you love to see boxing skills, this is the one. Are you, uh, how's the Chisora been? How's it been having Chisora with you in that? Good. Good. Do you know what? People, people say, oh, but he's really hard to work with. So, no, the only thing that's hard is that I'm five foot four and nine yeah. foot six and taking on pads and I'm getting blasted to bits. Whereas, you know, if, if, I, was, if I was a little bit bigger and, and a little bit heavier, then it wouldn't be as hard work. But that's the only thing that's hard work. To, to him as, as a fighter, he's been great to work with because he is doing what I'm asking him to do. Could he? Is he set in his old in, in his old ways in certain other aspects? Yes, and you have to keep bumping heads um, in terms of that. But um, he's worked really well. He's sparred really well, and he's finished off sparring. The the last couple of sessions have been absolutely bang on. And I, I actually finished his sparring uh, yesterday because he was twelve rounds. He was nailed on. Got it hundred percent. It's fit enough. Work rate's great, doing everything I wanted to do. So I'm really happy. So going into it, 
if he if he recreates what he did in in, in sparring, then I'm very very confident. Do you think he goes? Do you think there's a like is the game? Oh, I don't know whether you can say the game plan, but is he just basically gonna? go with him or do you think he would like to knock him out just to put a statement like so there's a lot of controversy with the first oh yeah oh listen it's Derek Chisora Derek Chisora wants to knock you out I'm not I'm not turning Derek Chisora into Jordan Gilola or Richards you know Derek Chisora is coming to knock you out Um, it's just that the Joseph Parker that we're going to get is a better Joseph Parker than we've seen before because Andy Lee's a very very good coach very very good technician the shots that Parker landed on, on Derek in the first fight, Derek can't afford to take those shots clean because they'll be delivered with better te- um, better accuracy and delivered technically better as well. So the impact's going to be going to be more. So he, Derek has to uh, has to not give him those free shots. Um, but at the same time, is is Derek is showing an improvement in his offense um, as well, where I believe that the the shots that Derek lands on on Parker will have much more of an effect. Um, final question from me because time ticks so fast during these yeah. interviews. They it flies so unbelievably quick. You one minute it's five past, the next it's twenty five two. Um, we go nicely uh, talking about Derek Chisora. I just want one question on a WBC ruling which has come out over the past forty eight hours, centering around an old opponent of Derek Chisora, which is yeah. Dillian White. Um, do you think that fight with Fury can go ahead? And um, am I the only one in thinking he can cause Tyson real problems? I'm so happy for Dillian that it's been made, that it's mm. been mandated, and he gets his shot. Mate, if there's an, is it, if there's an heavyweight out there that, dese- that deserves to fight for a heavyweight title, it's Dillian. You know, he, he's taken tough fights when he doesn't have to take tough fights, when he could just take easy fights. His resume is fantastic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm over the moon for him. And can he give Tyson Fury a tough fight? Yeah, he can. He's not going to go in there and just try and try and box Tyson Fury. Right? He's going to go for a tear-out. Tear mm-hmm. and, and if he doesn't win the fight, then he'll have, won, he'll have lost the fight giving it everything, going out swinging and, and trying his hardest. That's the one thing about Dillian is, is he, he will give it absolutely everything there. Um, but it's a good fight. Tyson Fury, sometimes he can be brilliant. Sometimes he can look average. Let's not listen. Take away his, his great wins and his great performances. Don't forget there are plenty of performances in there where you look at me and think he looks quite beatable. Mm. So you don't know. You don't know. So it'll be it'll be interesting and it'll be exciting. Whatever, however it la- long it lasts, it'll be exciting. The build up will be good too. Absolutely. I, I can't. I'm so happy for Dillian White because he's yeah. been waiting for it for so long. And yeah. I think he's been dodged. I think he was dodged. I think Wilder went for Fury originally because obviously he thought Fury was done. Obviously Fury wasn't done. He was going to come back in. And I'm just yeah. so happy for him. Um, just to wrap this up, uh, I've got one last question I want to ask people when they come on. If there was one thing you could change in the boxing world, it can be anything related to do with boxing. It can be a rule or something. Is there something you'd like to change? To narrow it down to one is, is quite tough. There's a couple. Um, you can do two if you like, Dave. It's all good. The, yeah. So it's it's the ped situation. Mm. I think there's too many grey areas and it needs to be a case of where <clears throat> you've got Varda, you've got U- UCAD, you've got um, 
and whoever else, mm. and they have their own different ban lists. So you can fail on X, but not fail on Y's list, mm. which is bullshit. And that's that needs clarifying, and there needs to be one list that everybody goes by. And if you are found with that in your system, that's it. Get popped, um, and it's like mm. people like um, Miller and other people that mm. have been yeah. found to have be completely juiced up are getting away with like a couple of months, and then you get somebody like a. Uh, Liam Cameron, for instance, who, who failed on a minute trace of coke, and he's got like four years or something like that. Mm. How how can how can that be right? So it needs clearing up. That for me yeah. is is something because at the end of the day, um, it's you know there are different. You can get done for a stimulant and be out for a year, two years. Get done for a proper ped. And be back boxing in six months. Mm, yeah, and wrong. in six months, let's let's be real. Jordan Gill's not fought since February. Mm. Well, there's there's people that have failed drugs tests for peds, for proper peds, that have boxed in a closer window than than that. Do you know what I mean? So for me, that's that's number one. Number two is that judges and referees need to be held accountable. Um, even a simple thing. A fighter gets beaten, he has a mic stuck in front of him at ringside, talk to us about your fight. And he's kind of like off explaining himself. If a coach has a fighter, does something wrong or anything like that, gets holed up in front of the board, or, or if a coach makes a wrong decision in a fight, interview him and be oh, you know, social media, they're saying this, 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 what's your thoughts on blah, blah, blah. Why can't a referee or a judge, if Everybody else in the world seen a fight this way, but he sees it that way. A simple thing would be, mate, round nine, literally, it was all so-so, so-so. How did you score that round mm. for X? If he then says, well, from where I was sat, I believe that so-so, so-so was catching him on the gloves, he was parrying and I was counting that he was he was kept digging in with little counter shots to the body, which you might not have seen. And this is it. He explains that you can half think, well, all right, I can half have that because he's explained, and that's his viewpoint. Everybody has boxing subjective. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an opinion, mm-hmm. and so you can't say no, that's wrong. But that's his opinion. So at least allow him to express his opinion. So then we know that there is some sort of thought process behind how he scored that fight because that's what needs doing because also can you say well my man was jabbing his head off at first minute and a half two minutes at five two and a half minutes at five the other man lands three four big shots crowd go oh and he rocks him with three or four big shots but you give him the round how does that work because yeah. aren't, aren't we supposed to say well it's points scored but you know your defensive work Point scored. It's not a case of you land three big power shots that rock my head off. Uh, last, last 30 seconds. Oh, forget about the two minutes, 30 seconds work that the other man was boxing your head off. I'm giving the round to you. You you have to be able to clear that out. And if the judge turns around and says, Well, I preferred the the, the the big power shots at the end of the round, you might not agree with that, but he might that's his perspective. But if he's explaining mm-hmm. it, then you can say, 
all right, so that's why he scored it. So you understand why he scored it. And I just think just that one thing alone can help us understand and take out some sort of controversy out of it. But then, if it's a pure stinker, relegate them, stop them from... from Absolutely. They can't... They can't, they can't um, if it's a world title fight, they can't then judge a world title fight for six months and they go down to European domestic level. If it's a domestic title fight, a British title fight, they can't do that. They have to drop down to normal circuit, like just go back to being a ref or they're not allowed to, you know, if they're not a ref and they're just a judge, they're not allowed to do that. They can only do English level or, or, or um, because area. there's no judges in, in six or area. So it'd be an area or they just don't judge for six months. There's got to be some sort of penalisation for it for me because there is in every, every other thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, David. I mean, I mean, going back to just very quickly stealing rounds. I remember Arta Abraham uh, made a career of, of doing that yeah. in the in the yeah. super middleweight. Yeah. So he just turned it on for the past uh, for the last yeah. minute. But uh, David, if if um, uh, from me personally. Um, always been a massive fan of you. I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you. I'm genuinely serious. When David Hay yes. says says what he says at the press conference, I was like, what? No way. You can't do this, you know. But uh, I, I'm a massive fan of yours and I've followed your career very, very closely, especially from behind the yeah. screen um, with Sky Sports. You're a credit to the uh, to the actual, um, to the trade, actually. And I, I want to thank that. you personally. Yeah, I thank think it really much. helps that you're probably one of the most on-the-level people I've seen numerous interviews and you're just literally, you are what the label says. And you're, I think it's really great to talk to you. And I re- we really appreciate you being on this. So um, a big thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you. I wish you the best Christmas. And thank and you. you for being on here again, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.